one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. There's plenty of information to parse through, but before the group pursues any of their leads, some much-needed rest and recuperation is in order. It's been far too long since anyone's been able to just relax for a moment. Museums are visited, saunas are enjoyed, and challenges are attempted once again. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory decompress. After reconvening, following your conversation with Lem, you decide that you're going to need a little bit more information before putting all of the pieces together. Your options currently, going to the city center to see if you can find a way in to the lexicon to talk with the saint, or seeking out the inventor, Kalen to see what Dremlin might have been talking to him about. The consensus as of right now seems to be that going the lexicon route might be the best first step. It is still relatively early in the day. You had talked to Lem over breakfast, so you have plenty of time in front of you at the moment. But Nehemiah has been very clear that time is of the essence because he does not necessarily want to be in town when the bonfire games go up. Whether or not that happens is, uh, we'll see. How do you proceed? Nehemiah looks at Jory. Oh, yes. All right. Are you absolutely sure you want to do this? Oh, yes. Okay. Never been more sure of anything in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Probably not true, but that's okay. All right. Let's go find this guy. Okay. Whew. I'm nervous. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm nervous? No, it seems very unpleasant, but you do you. Just to make sure, we're talking about the rainbow challenge yes. and not the saint. Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Either way. <laughs> Can it be both? It's not the same person's, but... I, I know. Okay. Could you, do we think it would be productive to challenge the saint to a rainbow challenge? (laughs) That's how it can be both. (laughs) I don't think that's going to get us very far. No. Well, you know what? Maybe we should do the thing that's, you know, I have to be a little bit more of a people first before I fall to a, a little puddle with joyful burning. I will also point out that you don't really have an in to get to this person just yet. You're going to kind of have to navigate that as you go, and how long that might take is not a guarantee. So we should eat first. (laughs) I will point out that we just had breakfast. 
we could probably wait a while until lunch. But also, I am reluctant to reveal even now that I am who I am and back in town. So unless we must, I would prefer we approach the saint not through channels only I can get us access to. Totally fair. <sighs> well, why don't we explore other options? How do typical people interact with this priest? Most don't. It's only rumored that they, he, she are a priest at all. No one has ever actually interacted with them outside of their own organization. At least not under that name. Right. Not to say that they are some sort of recluse and no one has ever seen them, but we could be looking at them right now. We wouldn't know. We may have already met them. Mm. Tends to be how these things go. The amount of power and influence they wield does suggest that it's someone with power and influence no matter who they are, if that makes sense. No matter who they are. There have been speculations over the years that it could even be the governor, although most people don't say that too loud. Or somebody close to them. Very true. An advisor whispering in the ear, that sort of thing. Anyway, we're more likely to get somewhere by contacting or making contact with someone lower down the food chain and trying to work our way up. Smallman, you feel pretty confident after hearing from Habina that people of the saints group, the congregation, typically could be found around that like city center area. You could probably pick a lexicon member out of a crowd if you knew you were looking for one. Mm -hmm. You could probably find someone lower on the hierarchy. If we head to the city center, I'm sure I can find someone relatively quickly. There is the possibility that we would draw a crowd of a certain size should someone announce that they are attempting the rainbow challenge for a second time. It's not the rarest of occurrences, but it is somewhat of a spectacle. And the type of people that would come to watch are also the type of people that can be very easy to steal from, which attracts another type of person. Mm -hmm. hmm. I will happily do this for you. Happily. <laughs> <laughs> you gather what you need and start heading towards the main part uh, of the city. When people say city center, they don't necessarily mean the exact center of the city. They mean the center hive, the center mind, where everything happens. Most of the high-end areas of the city are actually along the edge of the chasm. That canyon is like prime real estate, just kind of like waterfront property. The city center is actually relatively close to that edge, not on it, because that would be kind of dangerous and problematic, but it is pretty close to that. You make your way there and the sounds of the marketplace and the smell of food vendors and all of the sights of buildings that are a little bit taller, looking a little more regal and put together. Places that look very official and governmental, I guess. All meet your senses. All right, do we need to get prepped, placed somewhere? Well, we know where I'm going to be. 
I can uh, try and pull a crowd if that's kind of what we're thinking. So you'll be my hype person? Indeed. Smallren? I just need to be somewhere I can easily survey the crowd. I may try to find a slightly higher vantage point nearby. Good idea. Nearby the food vendors area, there is like a fountain in the center of that. There's also a building off to one side that has like a long high staircase that you might see in front of like a courthouse. Okay. Are there people that are kind of like going up and down that staircase? Yeah, there's people coming and going. Okay. I think Smallrin's probably going to head for the staircase rather than the okay. fountain. It'll be less conspicuous if she just seems to be kind of lingering on the steps. Perfect. You position yourself there. You see the food cart in full view and Jory kind of heading up to it. Are you getting your food first or is Nehemiah starting to draw the crowd before you order? Uh, I would think prior to ordering, I would dead man walking me straight up. (laughs) 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 All right, so Nehemiah, what's your hype man bit? It's a little, almost antagonistic. You know, just speaking very loud, like, Era, I know you tried this the other day. It did not go well. You were not doing this again. You don't understand. I must. It's a matter of pride at this point. Come on, the rainbow challenge. Nobody has even tried it twice, let alone trying it twice in such a short span of time. Like, you've barely recovered. I will not let it defeat me. I've dreamed of this day. And I will keep dreaming of this day until I succeed at this day. If you're just trying to draw a crowd, Mm -hmm. you can just do that. You have enough of your social interaction cocktail that I think will work. If you'd like to use play to the crowd, Mm -hmm. I would happily allow you to give that asset Mm -hmm. to either Jory or Smallrin for looking or attempting the challenge. I will absolutely spend. Yeah, that's, uh, that's three to spend to do that happily and I well, and actually no it could be both of them because it said it could be different for every individual yes so, yeah. yeah so I will go ahead and pass that asset on to both of them you start hearing whispers at first just immediately around you like rainbow challenge a second time no one does that that's objectively a bad idea and then that whisper starts growing and it's a becoming a a bit of a louder conversation and more and more people are starting to gather around. It is not like the entire marketplace that is here, but you easily have a, at first, maybe like a dozen people that very quickly starts growing into a group of like Mm 30-ish folks who are gathered around and, and creating this distraction. And I guarantee that as Jory begins to order and eat, more people will continue to mm-hmm. flock. All right. Oh, welcome back. You are trying the challenge again. I don't usually have any repeat contenders. It is not a challenge until you face your adversary multiple times and come out victorious. I don't know that that's actually the definition, but I will not turn down your money. That is how I see it. Yes, absolutely. The vendor takes the meat and rolls it in the three different colors, the yellow, the green, and that dark maroon burgundy color, that darkest, heaviest spice, and hands it over to you. Nothing to drink this time. No. I shan't. (laughs) Okay, Jory. This is going to be a level four might roll. Okay. And you do get the asset from Nehemiah. Okay, I get an asset. 
Ah, I have succeeded with a 17 on my first bite. Okay, you take that first bite. And just like last time, that first bite is actually really good. Again, this combination of spices is really tasty. They all work together really nicely. You can kind of like flow one into the other and you taste each individual profile as it comes across your palate. It was the second bite that got you last time and you carefully take that second bite waiting for it to hit the back of your throat, waiting for that sputtering cough, but it doesn't come this time. And so you tentatively keep going Mm. and more than halfway through, you're feeling really, really confident. My sinuses are very clear. Nehemiah, you do notice that this is like every bite that Jory takes, it is drawing more people. Mm -hmm. And there are now people like cheering her on. Like every bite is like another roar erupts from the growing audience. You kind of egg them on to like Mm -hmm. getting them to to chant and cheer along with what's going on. Absolutely. Smallrin, while Jory is eating this, because it is not a one bite and done. It it does take her a moment or two to finish it. Oh yeah. What are you looking for specifically? Obviously you're trying to find someone from Lexicon, but is there anything you would be keeping an eye out for that maybe would mark that? Smallrin is watching for the people that have joined the crowd, but aren't watching Jory. She is keeping an eye out for like pickpockets, but she's particularly looking for the people that are handling the pickpockets. But then she's also looking specifically kind of at the outskirts of the crowd at people who are looking into the crowd rather than specifically watching Jory and looking to see whether they at any point interact with, speak with, make eye contact with the pickpockets that she has noticed. You do notice a couple of petty thief pickpocket types kind of like snaking their way through the crowd, moving around and grabbing things out of pockets, out of coin purses, out of bags. It seems like a couple of them is maybe a gang of kids, Mm -hmm. but the other group that you see moving about, like one or two of them, do seem to be being observed and watched by someone who is nearby the fountain. Like at the very outskirts of the crowd, kind of just observing and watching the flow of what everybody is doing. And this is actually someone that you recognize. Like, it, it doesn't take you long to, to figure it out. This is someone you know of as the snake. He has short hair, like kind of like buzzed and cropped short on the sides with like tattoos, like serpentine tattoos mm-hmm. along the edge, wearing like a sleeveless shirt and has like a lot of body moths on his arms and face. Some of it is kind of Numenera-y, but more of it is like kind of more traditional, like what we would consider body modification. Piercings, tattoos, like subdermal things, Mm -hmm. like just to change the shape and look of his body a little bit more. You even notice a handful of almost like maybe other animal parts and and things like that, which is not unheard of. There, There are people who can graft biological things onto themselves. You know this person to be very observant, like his namesake, big talk, but careful strikes. Mm -hmm. Is this someone that I know to be connected to the saint? Lower. Lower down in in their pool. In the ranks, but, but, but still has been a member of the congregation for a while and has maybe even worked on a job with you before, but that's up to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Nehemiah, that the crowd is actually kind of getting a little bit rowdy right now. Like, Mm. not in a bad way, just like in such a hyped up, excited way that people are starting to like push in on Jory a little bit and starting to crowd. And you can start to feel that like pressure of people 
pushing in harder and harder around. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything you would like to do to try and keep people from getting crushed? Yeah, I want to activate my ability impressive display. Yeah. So I will spend two might to do that. And that is effectively going to be like a very wide push out that is like stronger than people are expecting. Like, hey, now, hey, give her some space. Come on now. Ain't no need for all of this. We're all friends here. Let her work. Let her work. Awesome. All right. So you are able to kind of like physically push the people very nearby away. Mm -hmm. And you gain an asset in all interaction tasks with people who saw you do that. Yeah. So I will actually have you roll a level three persuasion. Sure. Just to like, you have physically pushed them away, but you're persuading them to stop crowding okay. in the future. All right, I gain an asset with that and then also gain an asset because it is a social interaction. Yep, so you're skilled in that. So we're gonna go ahead and we will roll. That is a success with a 16. And everybody kind of calms down a little bit. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, we, we don't want to crowd her. Like, we're just really excited and, mm -hmm. and people back off. There we go. For a moment. And Jor, you are about to take the last couple of bites of this. And it has been slow going. Like you really downed the first half of it. You're feeling confident. You're still feeling confident that you can finish it, but every bite is a little bit slower on the uptake because it is just more and more heat piling on. And you have the last bite. And what, what do you do as you're about to finish the rainbow challenge? I will slowly chew, basic breath. I will open my streaming eyes and look the vendor dead in the eyes and I will take the stick and I will snap it in half. <laughs> you snap the stick and the crowd erupts in cheers and hollers and just like everyone is stoked for you. I think the only reason that someone doesn't like come and like lift you up on their shoulders is because Nehemiah had pushed them back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, I think they would have like done done like a carry you around the marketplace a couple of times. Because there's been very few people that have done this. Like under a dozen people have ever completed the rainbow challenge. The vendor smiles and nods respectfully and then brings out like one of those spinny wheels <laughs> and sets it in front of you and you can spin it. You get a random free oddity for completing the rainbow challenge. I do. My whole body is vibrating, by the way, just filled from the inside out with tension. And I will, I will, I was going to say roll. I will spin the wheel. Right. And then you, Rin, actually, I would <laughs> like you to uh, roll. I will have you roll a D100. 72. Okay. It stops on like a symbol. Like the vendor reaches below and pulls out a small pouch that has that same symbol on it and sets it in front of you. Huh. And you pull out a copper ring, about the size of a bracelet. You could feel like you could probably slip it onto your wrist. And you do slip it over your hand and onto your wrist, and you're not quite sure what to do with it. But in touching it, you realize that if you spin it around something like your wrist or a pen or around your finger, it will just spin indefinitely. So it's like the ultimate fidget. Yes. Spin, spin, <laughs> yes. spin. Unless you physically stop it. Yeah. Once you start it spinning, it will continue to. Cool. Like a hula hoop, like a hula, tiny hula hoop. Inception bracelet. 
And then the vendor takes out a small wooden plaque and gives you a piece of like charcoal almost and has you write your name on it so it can go up on the list of people who have completed the rainbow challenge. What name do you write? That's a very good question. (sighs) I almost feel like I should roll a die for this. (laughs) I'm so, Jory is so proud. Um, I think I would start with a J, but then it would go into Jira. So you write... J-E-R-A-H. Yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> I think the J is kind of squiggly, though. I um, I tried to make it look like that's just normally how I start my E's with this whole rigmarole before it. The J is silent. It. <laughs> the J is silent. Era! Era! The vendor looks at it and looks at you and says, Everyone, give it up again for Jera! It's just Era, but okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I hold up. looks over, sees yeah. the sign. The J is silent. <laughs> Not that any of you should know that. I love that. I will I will reach up and I will spin my fair prize, if you will. Yeah. yeah. For everyone to see. I did it. Nehemiah, I did it. Did you see? <laughs> Absolutely mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my mouth hurts so bad. The crowd, you, you get a couple of like pats on the back and, and handshakes and congratulations as the crowd starts to disperse. As the crowd starts to disperse, Smallrin, what do you do? Smallrin is going to task her Ogrim orb with, don't let me lose sight of this person, essentially. And then she's going to start moving down the steps toward him. Not like beelining, she's trying to make it fairly casual, but she is headed his way as the crowd disperses because she knows that, you know, he's probably based in this square, but this is going to be the most visible he'll be for the next little while. And so she starts heading his way. Your orb does keep a pretty steady bead on him. He moves around a little bit, moves away from that fountain edge, kind of more to the kind of near the vendor carts, but it's not hard to follow that path and you're able to catch up near him. She kind of swings wide around Nehemiah and Jory and tries to make eye contact with Nehemiah and like wave him off and- To keep them away. Keep them away. Okay. And heads for the snake. As she's walking up, kind of pulls out of her pack. It's an oddity. It's just a forearm length tube with floating condensation in it. Right. Pulls it out of her pack and then like kind of slips up next to him, taps him on the shoulder. (laughs) I'm sorry, I believe you might have dropped this. He turns to you and first looks at you and then looks down at your hand and then back up. I assure you I did not. How very odd. Well, Smarin is just going to look down at it, look back up at him, nod, and then walk away. This is someone who is watchful. This is someone who is very much like taking in as much information as possible. She is working under the assumption that now that she has approached him and approached him for seemingly no reason, he is going to watch her leave. He is going to see where she goes. So she is going to walk away and then basically duck down an alley in her best, most I am disappearing from the crowd style. Like this is not just she turns and walks down the alley. This is one second she's there. And then the next second she has slipped away. 
basically making herself as obviously as possible. Something is going on here, and he should probably check this out. You slip down an alleyway as sneakily and quietly as possible. You give it a minute or two, and sure enough, around the corner, the snake walks up to you. All right, what is it you want? Who are you? What's your purpose? That's an awful lot of questions to answer in one go, but my name is Kylan. I need to speak to the saint. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) And why do you need to speak to the saint? They have information that I want. You're a nobody. There's no chance. Am I? With that, are you trying to reveal something? Or are you just hinting? I'm just hinting. Basically, she's she's just being mysterious, knowing that there's a possibility that he would recognize her, but also knowing that even when she was part of the lexicon, there were very few people that could recognize her. This is very much smaller in knowing that the way that this works is things that aren't understood have to be passed up the chain in case it's something important. He raises an eyebrow at you. Huh. Okay. I can play games. If I pass the name Kylan on to those above me, it's supposed to mean something? No. Uh, I don't think you're worth my time, but I'm also not going to take that risk, so I'll tell someone. Don't expect anything. If you like, there's another name you can include along with mine. Which is? I need to speak to the saint about Dremlin. With that, there is, almost imperceptibly, but kind of that look of recognition in his eyes. Like his face doesn't change a whole lot. Like there, there's still that skeptical kind of uh, self-assured look, but in his eyes, you can see them widen just a little bit. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll pass that up then, I guess. You do that. If that name does mean something, who, wh- wh- how are we getting in contact with you? I'll be here in this spot just before sunset. If this is worth anyone's time, I expect someone to meet me here. Will you be alone? Will you? I probably won't even be here. We'll see. In your mind, do members of the Lexicon leave calling cards? It depends on who it is. Smarin never did. That was almost her calling card, was that things would just happen. Some do, if they are the type of member who is meant to make a point. The snake would probably have some kind of symbol within the organization. Their work is too subtle that they would have like a publicly known calling card. Okay, he reaches into his pocket and hands you a shin. You look at it and in the right light, there is like an iridescent snake eye stamped into it. You'd have to look pretty closely to see it, but leaves that like in your hand as like a This is how they'll know it's you. Mm -hmm. And then walks off, back out the alley. The minute his back is turned, Smallrin's going to vanish. Amazing. Go ahead and spend the intellect points to vanish then. And as he exits the alley, you wait a moment or two and then also exit completely invisible. And you do notice someone, definitely not a member of the lexicon, some kind of two-bit thief poke their head around the corner and kind of look around as though they're expecting to see someone and then quickly start like looking around the immediate area. But you're already on your way. While she's vanished, she does pull off the brightly colored scarf and stuff it into her bag, since that's the most easily describable part of what she's wearing. Sure. 
Jorian, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. the crowd has dispersed. Um, Nehemiah, you got kind of a look from Smallrin of, let me do my thing, I'll meet up with you, like, stay back for a bit. What mm-hmm. do the two of you do in the meantime? As the crowd starts to disperse, we kind of push our way over to uh, the fountain and just kind of post up there. We are actively trying to remain visible and whatnot and inconspicuous and hanging out by the fountain seems like a reasonable place to do that. (sighs) Sure. Would it be a faux pas if I was to dunk my head in? Um, probably, but I'm not going to stop you. Hmm. You don't think it would necessarily be a faux pas, but it would get some funny looks. Not like a, oh God, you're doing something illegal and culturally inappropriate, but just a, look at that weirdo. Sploosh. I'll do it. (laughs) Jory, you dunk your head. And it feels nice. The warmth that has kind of just started rising up your body uh, is cooled off for a moment. I will squeeze out my hair. Oh, that was nice. This entire time, Brex has been with you, but was not like up near the cart or anything, was kind of just like staying near the outskirts of the group and now kind of joins up with you and takes a seat on the edge of the fountain. (sighs) I don't recommend doing that, but I do. Where's Morin? Don't know. I mean, she seemed to be doing a thing, but I don't know where she got to. She's Smorinning. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah, you feel something brush against your side, but you turn and there's no one there. But there is a, a scrap of paper on the edge of the fountain. I pick it up. It says, meet me at the east end of the square behind the muck cart. And there is, there is in fact, a large cart with a brilliant purple banner and yellow and gold lettering that says, finest muck. I think I know where the small running is going to end. Let's go. (laughs) That sounded very nefarious, but I know what you meant. (laughs) Jory, Nehemiah, and Brex head over to the muck cart. And after a moment or two, small run, are you doing any spooking this time around? Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, they, you know, you all come up behind the muck cart. And then... (laughs) Smallrin watches Nehemiah prepare to be spooked and then steps out from behind Brex. (laughs) Oh, come on. It's not entertaining if you know it's coming. (laughs) That's true. I suggest we head somewhere a little quieter. It's always hard to tell exactly who's listening. Mm -hmm. She leads them out of kind of the eastern side of the square, like along that road as we're walking. Well, I think I intrigued him enough that he's going to pass along my request to speak with the saint. I used my fake name, but I did have to name drop Dremlin to get him to take me seriously. Did it work? I believe so. He seemed shaken. I would assume that those in the organization who know the saint was working with Dremlin understand that it was an important partnership. I told him that I would return to the same place I spoke with him today, tonight just before dusk. Did you want us to come? Or is this better to do alone? It would be better that you are within calling distance if something happens, but for the moment it is probably best if they only deal with me. 
you see Brex's helmet change a little bit. Not drastically, just kind of darken a little bit in like a disapproving manner. Well, we're going to be close, right? Mm-hmm. So you won't really be alone, right? If it makes Brex feel better, they can accompany me. I refuse to answer whether I would be coming alone, so they are probably expecting me to show up with some kind of bodyguard. But mm. the fewer of our faces that any of them recognize, the easier it will be either to trick them when we need to, or simply to get the majority of us out of town when we have to flee. When you mention recognizing faces, Brex's helmet changes a little bit more to like a pink, which you know it could be kind of like playful. Um, and they do the John Cena thing <laughs> in front of their face because <laughs> I don't have one. That maintains a billion years in the future. I We're still doing it. this. Still there. Uh, Can't so see. Which I saw an interview with John Cena. That was a mistake. He did it as a mistake. Someone dared him to kind of like do like a like head jive, like hand in front of your face. But instead of moving his head, he moved his hand. And it became a thing for the entirety of his career. Incredible. So good. Phenomenal. Ooh, Brex, I can do something like that too. And I will turn the same shade of pink. Oh my gosh. You and Brex have a color off where Brex starts changing, like fast changing colors and sees if you can keep up. I can't. <laughs> I just end up this sort of mucky brown after a while. <laughs> kind of starts blending together. Um, it eventually just tires you out. Um, but you, you, you all keep walking. Do you have a specific destination or are you just kind of ambling while you have this conversation so you're not in one place? Yeah, just kind of moving. Smallrin's going out of her way to take slightly odd turnoffs just to make sure that she'll notice if anyone's following them. Mm -hmm. Does not seem that anybody is. Does anybody need supplies while we have some downtime? You stocked up pretty well before you went down into mm -hmm. the foil chasm. Mm -hmm. The only thing you could feasibly be low on is rations, but everything else you, you stocked up on pretty well before you mm. you went there. I will go into whatever is, is the closest to an apothecary, and I will find the closest thing to an antacid is exists. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. We, no, we, there's, pass, there's... we pass by a corner, a corner drugstore. <laughs> Like you said, kind of like a little apothecary, kind of like a little herbalist uh, on one corner. It's called Floor Yellow. <laughs> it's a Walgreens. I know! <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. <laughs> and yeah, there's a little tincture that you can buy for like two shins that is a... It kind of like Pepto-Bismol. Like it's... it's sold as like a cure-all. It'll solve any stomach or intestinal ailment you could possibly imagine. We'll find out. Okay, thank you. I will give it a, a bit of a shake, uncork it, or, um, you know, twist the top off, however it is, and, uh, and down it in one. Jory, that was 17 servings. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> you down it, and it immediately starts making your stomach feel better. It's not like, oh, everything is better immediately, but like you can definitely feel things starting to calm down quickly. <sighs> the only weird thing, though, is now that like you can't stop 
burping, and rather than tasting like that, that like spice that you've you've ingested, it's like you just ate a whole bunch of bread. Like you just keep getting car burps. Yeasty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> so it's kombucha. <laughs> what is your next goal? What would you like to do next? I think Nehemiah is perfectly content to just have kind of a quiet day. Haven't had one of those in a long time and being able to kind of properly rest up a little bit more would uh, not go amiss for him. Sure. As much as I think at some point we should talk to the inventor, now that I've put the cat among the pigeons, I think we, I specifically should not be seen asking other people about Dremlin. Good point. That might make people the wrong kind of nervous. That's very true. I suppose anybody that would know that name probably knows it for the wrong reasons. Well, and they're going to be doing their level best to figure out who I am, where I came from, and who I've been talking to. I've been trying very hard not to ask anybody about Haydick. Part of me is hoping that maybe he talked to some people around, but it's the same thing as asking about Dremlin. People would know. The people who don't, don't, and the people who do, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, there, there is no in-between. There's very unlikely to be someone without nefarious purposes who will know anything that's useful to us. So yeah, is everyone good for just kind of having, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, a chill downtime rest of the day? Yeah. Beach so. episode. <laughs> Beach game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is there anything specifically that your characters would do to On a down relax? Day. This is, yeah, this is a big enough town that anything that you are interested in finding, doing, experiencing is probably available to you and you all have enough money that you could spend a little bit of coin on having a good time. That's true. Nehemiah would actually start looking for a like a hot spring steam spa kind of deal. Mm, it has good. been so long since he's had like, cause I, I feel like that is something he kind of got used to traveling around with the bonfire games is where, you know, good for the muscles and all that. And he hasn't gotten up proper like relax like that in a long time i also like the picture in my head that was formed that the bonfire games travel with their own like portable sauna pod they Mm -hmm. have like it's part of the possible it's part of the circus it's like one of the cars in the circus train is literally just a sauna for all of the performers artifacts put together to create that effect absolutely oh yeah yeah so i think that's what he would do you start looking around, kind of asking around a little bit mm-hmm. near the ritzier uh, side of town. You do find a spa. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, in the course of like trying to decide where to go, Smallrin does steer you away from a couple places that are very much lexicon run because there's definitely places, there, there are some fronts, there are some that are just known meeting places. And mm-hmm. she's like, okay, not that one. Not that one. Maybe that one, but okay, this one's okay. <laughs> yeah. The one that you find Nehemiah, that small one eventually gives her stamp of approval on, is definitely one that is probably frequented more by the folks who have money and the important people sure. in town. Not lexicon important people, but maybe government important people or people who are higher up in the guilds, sure. things like that. 
this seems to be some sort of combination of um, of technology that is creating this steam effect. Mm-hmm. And man, does it feel good. Um, mm. Go ahead and make a recovery roll, like for free. Like yeah, it's a ten. Nice. So yeah, you can do that without having to mark anything on that uh, recovery roll track. While you are sitting there, you start overhearing a conversation between a couple people in the corner. It's quiet. They're not speaking fully to the group at large. Um, these are two members of the Thrin, two guards who mm. are kind of on their day off. Gotcha. They are talking about, at first, they, they kind of offhandedly mention wanting to go to this circus that's coming to town. It sounds really cool. It's been a long time since anything like that has been mm-hmm. in, in Sturthall. Sounds like a lot of fun. Making a couple quips about like, I bet I could beat the strong man and and kind of like just yeah generally, you know. Dudes being guys. Yeah, I was going to say guys being bros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then they, they talk a little bit more about some of the jobs and orders they've been given mm-hmm. recently. And they're a little confused by them because they got a list of people that they were supposed to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm people that they weren't allowed to let over the edge into the Voil Chasm, people that they were supposed to, if they saw like any kind of ill intent from at all, were supposed to arrest them on the spot. Mm-hmm. And they're used to the governor kind of being fickle in her rulings on things. The rules apply to some people and maybe not others. Sure. But this list seems like a longer list than normal and kind of out of the blue. Like most times when people are put on the list, it's because they, oh yeah, they have beef with the governor or, oh yeah, they're, you know, this person who has done a lot of things, you know, in the past or maybe someone who's been jailed before. But this seems to be an unlikely list of people. Okay. They don't mention any names. They're just kind of talking about how weird it seems. I think Nehemiah would probably keep his mouth shut on this one. He is here to relax. He is not trying to work. And on top of that, you know, pulling any attention towards himself in this situation would not be helpful for anybody. So he just takes kind of mental note of that and then relaxes or attempts to relax again. Nehemiah has turned off his work phone. He is offline. Exactly. Yeah. He's getting the messages, but he'll read them later. Teams is set to be asleep right now. Yes. Smallrin, Jory, anything that the two of you do. How does Smallrin relax? Does Smallrin relax? Absolutely not. <laughs> but she is serene. She is, is serene. No, she's she's serene. She's also, again, very much like knows that she has kicked a beehive and even though she made sure no one was following them, they like the snake is a very observant man. He knows what she looks like. He will have put out her description. And she she has to be doing things that are not going to get us all immediately killed. Normal stuff. Normal stuff. Yeah. She can't go to the apothecary and start buying poison ingredients. She can't go to the knife throwing range and work on her aim. If she were going to do those things, she would go do them alone, which also seems foolhardy in a town that is run by the lexicon. (laughs) So instead, when her and Jory kind of drop off Nehemiah, she turns to Jory and she says, Did you know that Sturthal has a children's museum? (laughs) I cannot say that I did. I also cannot say that that's anything I ever would have considered a possibility. It's supposed to be quite interesting. There's an entire section that's designed to teach children of the city how best to navigate caves. 
How does one teach that? There's an extensive cave system that has been outfitted more like a playground maze than anything dangerous, but it does have lots of uh, sharp drop-offs into pits filled with soft things and places where you have to climb along the walls and wriggle through small spaces. Jory is enchanted. <laughs> Would you like to is go? Small Ren taking, taking Jory <laughs> to the, to children's, the children's Museum. museum. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Only if I can skip. <laughs> I cannot think of a way I could stop you. Whee! <laughs> you go to the... Uh, Children's Museum. Um, I vanish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not in the small room. No, no. just small room. Small room has to use all of her considerable powers of just sneaking around and following people to keep up with where Jory goes. Question number one: Does Jory elbow children out of the way to get to what she's looking for? She won't go that far. She, but she will kind of be bouncing on her heels, like standing in line, like just very impatiently, like, I want to get there, I want to get there, I want to do it. What is Jory's favorite exhibit? That's a very good question. I think there's this really dark cave system that teaches you about luminescent life forms that like some of them glitter, some of them live in this little kind of crack, some of them look like stone, but they all glow. And that's what she loves the most. Also, the water displays. Jory, go ahead and I will not have you make a recovery roll. I will have you refill your intellect pool. Ooh, <laughs> lovely. Oops, wrong way. Small, small <laughs> took, small, small took Jory for some enrichment time. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and Small you are watching Jory just bounce around and be giddy and happy. And you have the slightly sad realization that Jory is getting the childhood she never had. Oh no. Sam, you made it sad. Oh no, Smorin's having feelings. Oh no. Oh no. Also, this is the second enrichment time in my enclosure joke that I've heard <laughs> in a game in the last 13 hours. <laughs> Absolutely good. came up during AP last night. Good. good, good, good. Incredible, love it. On a certain level, Smallrin, who very rarely interacts with children, was like, Jory can definitely pass for a child walking into this children's museum. No one is going to question this. What does Smallrin get out of this? Smallrin basically is getting a kind of sense of smug satisfaction that <laughs> anyone who sees her today and reports back to the lexicon is just going to be baffled. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this 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 lady who we have no idea who she is and like came up and just name dropped a powerful crime lord, then picked up some random person on the street, a grown woman, and took her to a children's museum and just followed her around all afternoon. I'll say go ahead and, and refill your, your speed pool. You are throwing people off and ready to act when you need to. And so. also keeping up with Jory. That yeah, she's all, she's also kind of like looking at it as like, oh, this is a kind of fun way to to get back into like following someone around in an urban setting, which she actually has not done in a while. You spend a very well needed and rare day just doing something you enjoy, relaxing a little bit, prepping for 
the chaos you know is to come. And that's where we will take a break. Cool, cool. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 98 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Rin, Kyle, and Tyler for their support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter as well. Myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then... May your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.